0: Kia ora and welcome to this episode of the Amateur Austinite. I'm Frances Duncan, an author and the founder of the Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa in New Zealand. My co-host is Emmy Kia ora. Today we're discussing chapter 6 of Northanger Abbey. In chapter 6, Isabella and Catherine meet in the pump room to discuss boys and books.
1: hmm <laughs> Pretty accurate. Yeah. I am just constantly loving the moments of Austen the narrator just like, we'll just cut through this. So you know the following conversation is given as a specimen of their very warm attachment and you know delicacy and discretion. Thoughts like, okay, so there are specific plot beats that I need to hit as someone writing one of these books. So here is what this one is. Here is what it is doing. Let's proceed. And it is especially funny because the last like page and a half of the previous chapter is just how dare all of you. Gothic writers with your gothic heroines have them not read novels and say terrible things about novels and then you're writing a novel, damn it.
0: <laughs> so good. <laughs> I do feel like she's kind of mocking Isabella and Catherine. I mean a lot in this chapter. Because there's the reasonableness of their attachment. They've known each other eight or nine days and they're like, oh my dearest creature, I've been waiting for you this age. Also, how fucking dramatic is Isabella?
1: Again, a 17-year-old and a 21-year-old,
0: drama comes naturally. I think Isabella thinks it's cute because later she mm. does a similar thing about time. I've been waiting so long. You can tell they were supposed to meet at one, and it's just that Isabella got there early. Yeah. They're talking about The Mysteries of Udolfo, which is a book by Anne Radcliffe, one of these horrid novels, which I've heard pronounced as Udolfo or Udolfo, and I don't know which is correct. Mm. they mention the italian which is also by anne radcliffe isabella lists a whole bunch of books for their book mm-hmm. club which all still exist but people have said that's probably because they were literally listed in this book <gasps> and that is why they still exist because <laughs> some guy went to a lot of effort to track them all down oh my goodness because also they're like these names are ridiculous surely they don't exist but no they do Potentially only still exist because of Austin. <laughs> I mean, damn. So we have the use of the word horrid. What you mentioned before was kind of the, the the genre. Yeah. One of our members looked it up and they said it, it could suggest that these books are hair raising. Hmm. Based on the root of the word and a character later in the book does refer to reading the mysteries of Udolfo with their hair standing on end the whole time. <laughs> so that sounds really appropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say that uh, Miss Andrews does
1: sound like she has good book recommendations. I feel for Miss Andrews, though, because
0: yeah. like, Isabella brings her up. She's a sweet girl, one of the sweetest creatures in the world. And then, like, two paragraphs down, three paragraphs down, says she's amazingly insipid.
1: After having this whole speech about how men think us incapable of real friendship, and I'm determined to show them the difference, and I have no notion of loving people by halves, it's not my nature... But, like, she she has this whole thing of, like, yeah, I will support the people who I am close to and us women need to stick together. And, oh,
0: also, she's an insipid little, <laughs> you know, person. And da-da-da. It's like, what? <laughs> and she tells Captain Hunt that she won't dance with him unless he allows Miss Andrews to be as beautiful as an angel, which does that mean that maybe she's actually not beautiful? And Isabella just wants people to say that she is? I don't know it's weird right like
1: immediately she just kills any credibility that she has with just this one line but also Catherine doesn't like pick up on that because she's still kind of like ah cool older person is talking to me and respecting my ideas ah
0: yeah it does sound like she has a crush on her when you put it like that But yet, this whole chapter, Isabella's doing stuff and Catherine's not picking up on it. She's dropping hints about things. Yeah. I know very well how little one can be pleased with the attention of anybody else when your heart is really attached. And Catherine is not picking up the hints. Mm -hmm. Um, She talks about what kind of complexion she likes you must not betray me if you should ever meet with one of your acquaintance answering that description katherine's just confused yeah she's literally just confused about what's going on which isabella is still in the flattering Catherine stage though you are just the kind of girl to be a great favorite with the men Catherine's like what really really <laughs> what Things that have never been said about me ever. (laughs) I think this is one of the smartest things that Catherine says. You should not persuade me that I think so very much about Mr. Tilney, for perhaps I may never see him again. Hmm. Because
1: it's been several days of them looking in all the the proper places to try and find someone who would want to be found by a woman that he had danced with, and he's not showing up. Do you think that he's going to show up again? I, I do feel like he has to. I don't feel like it's necessarily going to be a good, fun reunion. But
0: I don't know. I feel like he will. Another one of the books that they mention is Sir Charles Grandison, which is one of Austen's favourite novels nah. by Samuel Richardson. During this time period, like Lady Susan, lots of the books were written in letter format.
1: I am which... a letter format fan. But really? Was... I love it. Listen, we're going to completely diverge from the Austen themes, uh, but there is a a letter-style book called Ella Minnow P. And it is so good because one of the things that is going on in the book is that as time goes on, people are using less and less letters of the alphabet for plot-related reasons, which means that all of the letters get way trickier as, like, the ability to use, you know, L e p q r anything just like stop and so they're they're continuing on without using them it is so good if you are a letter style book fan
0: please read it the way they talk about things is so weird to me like what complexion of a man do you most like that sounds weird to me and she refers to sallow skin which also (laughs) doesn't sound terribly flattering and i and i looked it up I can't find that it ever meant anything
1: else. No, it never has. Sella has always been like, Ooh, you sick bud? <laughs> like But also, this very much feels like the girl who hasn't quite realized that she's goth. Okay? Okay. So it's like her ideal person is the goth boy with like the dark hair and the pale skin that has been painted white and like is doing the whole thing. And she just hasn't quite figured out that like this is the nature of if she was existing in today, she would need to go to a goth club. And then she would be the happiest she has
0: ever been in her life. So long as she could be the prettiest one there. Yeah. But they mentioned the pumper and book that we were talking yes. about in the previous chapter. It was like, let us go and look at the arrivals. While they're there, two guys are looking at them. And Catherine is like a bit uncomfortable with this. She was watching the proceedings of these alarming young men. Whereas Isabel, the minute they're gone, is like, oh, do you want to maybe go to my house? And Catherine completely obliviously is, but we might run into them.
1: If we make haste, we'll go past them very swiftly and
0: that would be much better. <laughs> and Austin so clearly in the end of this chapter to show the independence of Miss Thorpe and her resolution of humbling the sex, i.e. men, they set off immediately as fast as they could walk in pursuit of the two young men. (laughs) So what do you think about Isabella at this point, apart from her potentially being golf? She's very much,
1: like, in the society, but I think she's not as in society as she kind of thinks or wants to be. So she's still doing a lot of the, like, the young lady kind of things of being a bit silly and and two-faced and, like, the ear that she is trying to put on is not quite Matching how she actually behaves, and she hasn't realised that yet. You know, oh, you must tell everyone that my friend is very beautiful. Oh, but she's insipid. And like, that just like the way that she, she's trying to build herself up to be the the known, established, you know, confident and poised and intelligent and able to have these discussions and knows the ways of society and will be a, a strong and formidable friend for you and will stand and and, and, and you know, help you. But she's still 21, so her brain is still in the, like, caterpillar goo stage. I'm not quite sure I understand the meaning, but is she a
0: pick-me-girl?
1: Not quite, no. Pick-me-girl is a very specific thing. It is the, the very femme girl who only hangs out with guys and kind of takes that kind of possessive nature. She, she does not fit into the pick-me-girl
0: standings from that. Thank you, because I didn't really understand what that meant. I mean I got the I'm so great kind of vibes from it, but which is kind of a Yeah. But no, Pick Me is
1: very specifically for like denying your like feminine interests in order to appeal like in in sense of like you don't uh oh, I, I don't like makeup, I don't like shopping, I'm not like those other girls. Oh yeah, that that is the, the, the nature of pick me is I'm not like the other girls.
0: Problematic. Yeah. And that's our definition for <laughs> definition of Pikmin Girls and our discussion of chapter six (laughs) of Northanger Abbey. I'm Frances Duncan, this has been Emmy. Thank you for listening, and we wish you happy reading. Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me, but if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. There's merch of...